Coming up on this week's show, we go to Hawaii with Foster Bridget Cassidy. And Lisa from The Novel Approaches here with some reviews, including the latest from Cat Sebastian. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 69 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from JeffAdamsWrites.com. And I'm Will from WillKanaus.com. This week's episode is sponsored in part by listeners like you. We'll have more information on how you can help support the show in just a few minutes. Now, sir, Mr. Hanson Fellow, standing to my right... Uh, you had a busy week. Yes, I did. Uh, um, <laughs> probably not busy in the way you would have hoped. but Not at all. No, you did some traveling, you did some working. What's up? Uh, yeah, I was in San Francisco for two days last week for work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the upside of that was that I got to do an audiobook. Uh, I can't fully review T.J. Klune's Wolf Song yet, oh. but oh my god. <laughs> got about two hours left to go. Okay. Um, and then, so I'll, I'm sure I'll have it ready to review uh, for next week's show, but oh my God. <laughs> it's killing me that I'm not done with it already. <laughs> uh, and then there was no writing at all last week. I went back and looked at my, my word count sheet and there was nothing logged. No. Yeah. That's what happens when you drive early mornings and come back early mornings and mm-hmm. day job gets in the way of the early mornings. So, yeah. You Hopefully. Have, you have other writing things to report, though. I do. Um, part of what I was doing towards the end of the week, at least, was uh, working on the latest round of edits for Somewhere on Mackinac, which is its last... This is its last big edit before it goes into actually galley format and, and pushes its way towards coming out. Probably March or April. I still don't have a date yet, but it's sometime in the spring. Uh, also got to look at cover designs. I got three... Pretty gorgeous covers uh, mm-hmm. to look at, and hopefully the cover artist isn't going to hate me because I came back and said, well, I really like this from cover two, and like these things from one and three, and I like this over here. Can you match all this together into one awesomeness piece of cover material? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes, or if he just goes. Or she. Alex could be either he or she. Mm-hmm. Um, see what the feedback is, and if they just now hate me for confounding their lives. The upside is, one of the guys on the cover, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, yep, that smiles right there. He was that character, 100%. So that's cool. I also got um, some logos uh, back from an artist I'm working with, friend of the series, Bob Glasscock, uh, who's doing some logos for a new hockey series that I want to start this spring. Uh, So I was excited to see those. I've sent back just, there was just the barest little bit of feedback on those and yeah, we'll talk more about that series as I kind of get it going full tilt uh, later this spring. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Um, now for our patrons segment. Uh, we want to extend a very big thank you to our newest patrons, Juliana, Patty, and Theodore. Welcome. <laughs> now, you can help support the Big Gay Fiction Podcast with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For less than the price of a coffee a month, your pledge helps pay for the cost of producing and distributing the podcast. For those fans who pledge at the silver and gold levels, you'll have the exclusive opportunity to ask questions of our upcoming guests. Do you want to give them any previews of of, of any special 
Sneaky peeky or no? You well, maybe? Yes. We do have. Well, because it's over there on the Patreon page uh, that people <laughs> can see. Uh, but we do have coming up uh, very soon, uh, we're going to be talking to Haley Walsh and Joel Leslie. Uh, Haley does the Scholar Fox mystery books. Mm-hmm. And Joel is the uh, audiobook performer for those books. So we're going to talk to them jointly uh, to talk about the books, how they came to form their partnership and stuff. So that's a question opportunity. Uh, we've also got MJ O'Shea coming to the show soon. Um, so that's another opportunity. Uh, if you heard back last week, if you listened to uh, Jordan Hawk's interview, there were two people who got to ask questions into that, so you kind of see how the whole thing works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do, as, I, as we schedule new interviews, I put up new, new posts on the Patreon page so that people know who they can ask questions of. Fantastic. Yeah. Also, uh, we want to let you know that any month that we have pledges that cover our monthly production costs will also produce a bonus show, especially for our patrons. Now, you can get all the details on our Patreon page. Just go to www.patreon.com slash Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. All of our supporters will be listed on the patrons page at BigGayFictionPodcast.com as well. Indeed. We're so close to that bonus show. But with just a couple days left in January, I'm not sure we're going to make it to do one in February. So, you know, you're hearing this on January 30th. I think we're about, it's like 6 or $7 away from a bonus February show. So, you know, join us if you want and we'll, we'll lock out a February show. Otherwise, we'll work towards that for March. So, how would you like to go to Hawaii? Hawaii? Yes. Yeah, sure. Perhaps a little surfer vacation? Oh, that sounds nice. Indeed. Hot surfer boys. So, yeah, I got to talk to Foster Bridget Cassidy uh, a little bit ago. Her States of Love novel called Pipelines in Paradise is coming out this week, and she's got the scoop for us. So I'm excited to welcome Foster Bridget Cassidy to the podcast. Foster is a rare Phoenix native who enjoys hot desert air and likes to wear jackets in the summer. She, was, she has wanted to be a fiction writer since becoming addicted to epic fantasy during high school. Since then, she studied the craft academically as well as a hobby. A million ideas float in her head, but it seems like there's never enough time to get them all down on paper. Yeah, I think we all feel that way a little bit. Uh, her, her debut novel, Pipelines in Paradise, which is part of the Dreamspinner Press States of Love series, comes out this Wednesday, February 1st. Welcome, Bridget. Thank you so much. Congratulations on a, debu- on a debut novel. Thanks, I'm very excited about it. So tell us about Pipelines in Paradise and why you picked Hawaii for your States of Love book. Well, the storyline is sort of about um, a man who's uh, starting over. He's had a bad breakup, and so he's starting fresh, and so he does something that he would have done when he was 16. He runs off to Hawaii to try to be a soul surfer. And so there he just kind of tries to start over. And Hawaii I took mostly because the change in scenery. I'm from Phoenix, and so I've lived in the desert all my life, and the lush paradise of Hawaii seems like it would be fun to research, and also very, very romantic. Well, absolutely, because Hawaii, right? Of course. What was the what was the inspiration for this specific story? Um, I like um, the idea of second chances, that um, you're never too late to start a new dream, start a new life, do what you think is going to make you happy. So a lot of inspiration came from that. Okay. And what were some of the interesting things you learned in your research on Hawaii? Um, a lot of the surfing was brand new to me. And uh, it's almost a science. You have to pick the right board for the right wave. And there's boards come in different sizes, different shapes. 
multiple fins, you know, different lengths and widths. And there's so much I had to research just to find out which board they would use at which beach. Wow, I would have never thought that there was that. They always make it look like I have my board and I'm going surfing, you know, if you see it in the movies or something. Definitely a lot to it. Have you ever been to the island? I have not. Oh, so that was fun getting to research a whole new place. It was really fun to do the research. Are you going to go now? I would love to, definitely. (laughs) I think. So you mentioned in your bio that the epic high fantasy, you know, kind of pulled you into writing and let you've done contemporary first. Are we going to see some fantasy at some point? Uh, yes. I have a fantasy story that's in beta right now. I have a sci-fi story that's in beta right now. So I'm it's all over the board. I love writing anything and everything. That's cool. That's cool. Keeps, keeps you, keeps things spread out a little bit. Yes, definitely. Do you have anything else in the immediate pipeline we should be looking for later in 2017? Um, hopefully the um, sci-fi novel is in the works and is so close to being ready to go. So hopefully that'll be out in 2017. And do you, are all your stories going to end up with a little bit of romance, do you think, or kind of spread that out too? Yeah, I think the romance is the main thread that keeps my interest. That's what keeps me writing is I like the interaction between people. So I definitely, all of them feature at least one romance. That's cool. And what's the best way for people to keep up with you online if they want to follow all of your upcoming work? Um, definitely Facebook is where I'm going to going to be the most active at Foster Bridget, Foster Bridget Cassidy. Nice. We will definitely link to your uh, Facebook page as well as the buy links, of course, for Pipelines in Paradise, so people can go out there and find that. And we wish you the best of luck with the with the with the debut. Hey, thank you so much. There may be a chill in the air, but romance is always in bloom. Announcing the Big Gay Fiction Podcast Valentine's Day Gay Romance Paperback Giveaway. We're giving you a chance to win a prize package filled with enchanting contemporary gay romances. And who knows, you may discover your next book boyfriend. The prize pack includes an autographed paperback of Home the Hard Way by Z.A. Maxfield, an autographed copy of Unbreak My Heart by Kaylee Klein, plus paperbacks of Eyes Only for You by Andrew Gray, and Unstable Stud by Ariel Tochna. To enter, go to the show notes page for this episode at biggayfictionpodcast.com, or visit the official giveaway page at biggayfictionpodcast.com slash valentine. Remember, you can't win if you don't enter. So visit biggayfictionpodcast.com slash valentine before the rafflecopter ends on February 5th. So yeah, it's almost Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Coming up fast. Yeah, and so if you guys want to get in on the Valentine paperback giveaway, you've only got one more week to go. You're, anything you're going to do on that uh, rafflecopter has got to be done by the end of the day on Sunday, February 5th. It'll end at... Uh, 11.59 Pacific Time. So one of the things that's on the uh, Rafflecopter is we've given people an opportunity to gain bonus entries by talking to us about their favorite tropes, what their favorite tropes are, and why. And we've gotten quite a few responses that we've pulled some out to just, you know, kind of chatter about today a little bit. Okay. You want to start us off? Sure. First up, we have Denise. Her favorite trope is probably Paranormal. She loves to read about different worlds and faded mates, magic, dragons, shifters. I love it because real life can be hard. Amen to that, sister. (laughs) Paranormal can give me different worlds where anything can happen. I like what she said there, because that's kind of where I'm at with Wolf Song. I actually don't read Paranormal a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm much more a contemporary guy. 
but this little you know drop into the world of of werewolves has been kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, HB says, I enjoy impreg stories, uh, friend to lover and shifter stories. If all three in, appear in one story, even better. Mm-hmm. I am not by any means a uh, paranormal expert, but I have read my share, fair share of uh, shifter stories, including impreg and the ones that... okay. Well, honestly, there is some crap out there, of course. But the ones that I have read, I have very much enjoyed. I think the the impreg uh, faded mate stuff, uh, when it's well done, can be really super compelling. Uh, so I'm with you on that one. I enjoy those as well. You need to point me towards one of those sometimes, because I've always been a little scared of impreg. It's not as scary as you would imagine. <laughs> Just take the leap, folks. Just take the leap. You gotta give me a recommendation <laughs> at some point, and maybe I'll, I'll try to take that leap. Okay, okay, I will. Uh, Beth says, "Friends to lovers," but I also love well-rounded menage stories as well. Oh, okay. I have to say, I was a little surprised. There's another one in here somewhere, I think, that they mentioned menage or threesomes, which are menage. Um, I was surprised to see that show up because there, I know that for a lot of a lot of readers, and I'm not saying anybody here is wrong, but I know a lot of readers will take exception to the threesome concept because they want their their couples to be coupled and not have an external. Mm-hmm. So it, it was kind of nice because I've always been scared to maybe even write a threesome mm-hmm. uh, because of how it might affect the true romance, you know, genre side of things. So I was kind of intrigued to see that show up in here a couple times. Well, Krista also says, I love Minaj books. Speaking of. My favorite is Three's Company by N.R. Walker. Um... From a writer's perspective, uh, Minaj can be a nightmare because of the pronoun problem. Yes. Because, you know, which he and him are you actually talking about when all three of them are in bed together? Um, I also think it's... uh, Hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I think Minaj is, is you know, a tricky nut to crack, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> How do you feel about it as a reader? Like, if it's written well, does it work? Like, I've read, I've read Polly stories that work really well, uh, which is different than straight up threesome. I know, but I ha- well, I haven't read a ton, but the the stuff that I have, I have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sure. If it's if it's done well and intelligently, I think there. Yeah, there is a problem with. Uh, when it comes to Minaj with expressing the relationship aspects, i.e. the emotion and the love. You want to... I think most readers want to feel that it the, the love and emotion is equal among all three partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's, that's... I think that's hard... That's a a tall order for an author to tackle. Um, But, yeah, some do it obviously very, very well. Yeah. And now I want to read in ours book. (laughs) Check that out. Uh, Samantha Jane says, Alphas with a beta all the way. Not quite sure what that means, but (laughs) clearly I don't read those kind of stories enough. No, you don't. Uh, And the more men in a story together, the better. Yeah. So, more more menage. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, Juliana said, nerd and hot 
Cop Alpha male trope. Yeah. That's nerds. Good. I do love a good nerd story. Mm-hmm. Nerds, whether it's nerd in like they're into computers and tech or nerd in terms of superhero comic books or whatever. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, Jen says, my favorites are Enemies to Lovers and Second Chance. I really tend to totally fall for those stories. There also tends to be a lot of passion in them. I agree 100%. Uh, Second Chance is totally my jam. I love those kinds of stories Mm -hmm. uh, where a problem in the past has somehow uh, kept uh, two guys apart. Then they meet up again sometime uh, now in the future and they realize the spark is still there. I... mm, Enemies to Lovers is a little tricky for me. I have read several of those that I have very much enjoyed. I did encounter one recently where the front half of the book, I felt like they were spending too much time as enemies. Mm. And it was just like, oh, God, get on with it, please. Can we move forward? So that's my only issue with that particular trope. I've been trying to think if I've read many Enemies to Lovers. I don't think I have. We've seen our fair share in Hallmark Channel movies. <laughs> <laughs> and those are always cute when they get it to work out in the end. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, let's see. Who else do we have? Trix says, I've always loved Friends to Lovers. Yay! Yeah. Since it seems like the ultimate kind of in- intimacy. There's usually a healthy dollop of unresolved sexual tension. Yes. Uh, which is also a favorite trope when done right. Yeah. I'm... I'm totally with that with second chance i like a lot too but friends to lovers also Mm -hmm. uh, is a really good one and often i think you find those kind of go together people who you know might be long distance friends after going to school or something find themselves thrown back together in the same place again and then all of that happens and it's kind of awesome uh ernie also enemies to lovers uh there is something about having all that pent-up rage towards each other that that and then to become lovers Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Ellen says, my favorite romance trope is friends to lovers. I'm not a huge fan of insta-love, so I like it when the characters already know each other, but that then deepens into something more, especially when they're clueless or in denial, so I can appreciate the coming love train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Ellen <laughs> phrased all of that. It was kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And lastly, Katie uh, classifies herself as a book slut. <laughs> And we'll read all tropes, but I do like a good threesome story. Hot Floor by Josephine Miles is my favorite. I want a t-shirt. I'm just saying right now, I want a t-shirt that says Bookslet. I'm sure there's one out there somewhere. Yeah. There's got to be. <laughs> so thanks to everybody who entered, uh, and in particular, who gave us trope stuff. Yeah. Uh, we'll link, I think these are in the show notes for episode 65, I want to say. We'll put that in the show notes. You can go back and read all the comments and even leave comments of your own there if you want. Mm-hmm. Now, recently, the Oscar noms uh, for 2016 came out. Yes, that would be this past week sometime. Uh, yes, and we want to give a quick congrats to La La Land for a record-breaking... Oh, no, tying. tying. I'm so sorry. Tying. A record-tying 14 nominations. Yeah, for, it ties Titanic mm-hmm. from, what, 1998, maybe? Seven something like that. Seven or eight or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so congrats to them. They won, you know, they, they swept their Golden Globes a few weeks ago uh, and won, I think it was seven or eight. So congrats to them for that. Also, big congrats to uh, Moonlight, uh, which got eight nominations. I really want to see this movie. Uh, can you, 
put on your descriptive hat and tell people what it's about in case they haven't heard about it so, that, so they can go find it as well? Um, it is high on my list as well. Uh, from what I know, it is... Um, it's essentially the... Uh, gosh, I can't. I, I, I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. It's From what I read this morning, and plus we saw it on CBS Sunday morning this morning... Uh, it's a, basically a coming-of-age tale of a young African-American boy who grows up in a really rough part of Miami uh, and has to come to terms with the fact that he's got a mother who's a coke addict, uh, he's bullied a lot in school, and he has to come to terms with his homosexuality as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the piece on CBS Sunday Morning was a delight. If I could find it, I'll link to it in the show notes, because I thought that was a pretty good piece. Uh, but uh, yeah, this looks fantastic, and it's great to see that it got eight noms, including Best Picture, and it won Golden Globe for Best Drama. Yeah. Um, also, quickly, uh, Hidden Figures, which we both love, uh, got three nominations, including Best Picture. Yes, it's, and it's nice to see many more people of color represented on the Oscars this year. I mean, just between Moonlight and Hidden Figures alone, it's great. And Fences, of course, got a number of nominations as well. Mm-hmm. So continuing our little uh, holiday... No, not holiday. Holiday? Hollywood <laughs> movie and television wrap-up. We recently partook of the newly premiered Riverdale series, which is based on the classic Archie comics. Loosely based, I would say, from what I saw on TV. That is fair. <laughs> to me, this show, it looked like Greg Berlanti had something sitting on the shelf somewhere that involves some teenagers... In the vein of like Pretty Little Liars or Gossip Girl or something like that. He took it off the shelf and went, let's make this show, but let's see if we can find some characters everybody knows to jam into it. Oh, Archie's available. Great. Let's put them in this show. And off we go. It's pretty people. Archie's really hot in this show. But they're so boring. (laughs) It just didn't work for me. I know it's working for some people. Didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wasn't super crazy about it either. Um, I think uh, I told Jeff this after we watched it. I think the problem is is that we're frankly too old. Um, <laughs> that could be. We are not the specific target audience for this show. Uh, Jeff and I lived through the golden age of teenage drama, which was the 90s. Um, so we have basically seen it all. We have been there and done that when it comes to, uh, you know, teen dramas, whether it was, you know, uh, 90210 or Dawson's Creek or, you know, any of the other dozens of others. Um, so Riverdale wasn't anything new, frankly. It was Gossip Girl meets Twin Peaks, which is an incredibly odd mashup. But they also throw in, you know, every other, you know, teen drama trope uh, humanly possible. Um, So if you're new to teen dramas uh, and want to watch pretty people try to solve who this guy got killed in the premiere episode, then maybe Riverdale will be for you. Maybe. I do want to read somebody putting Michael Van Skirley on the spot here uh, because he commented... To my Riverdale post on Facebook. Uh, Michael Vance Gurley, author of The Long Season, who we talked to several episodes back about that book. After I specifically wrote on Facebook, Riverdale was full of pretty but boring people. 
Uh, Michael wrote after he saw it, had some bad acting, hot guys, a pacey teacher subplot from Dawson's Creek, mean girls, a gossip girl rich scandal, a Jack McPhee GBF, and oh yeah, Dylan from 90210. Now they need dead parents from Party of Five, an OC orphan, a sudden (laughs) eating disorder, and Jughead to taxidermy his mom, and bam, all bases are covered. And it was okay. (laughs) I think he covered that pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Now, something we watched uh, over the weekend that we did like is a mystery comedy called Where the Bears Are. Mm-hmm. Where the Bears Are uh, came out a couple years ago, and it basically follows three bear friends uh, in Silver Lake and their wacky misadventures. The three friends are... Let's see. There is Reggie. He is the slutty, sarcastic one. Uh, there's Wood. He is the nice but big and dumb one. And then there's Nelson, uh, the struggling actor, uh, <laughs> the the nice guy, who wakes up on the morning after his uh, 40th, in quotes, birthday party uh, to find himself in bed with super hot Todd. Uh, unfortunately, after waking up and finding himself in bed with super hot Todd, they also find a dead cub in their bathtub. Oops. <laughs> and the rest of the show is sort of their uh, attempts to solve the crime of uh, why Jay Cub was uh, murdered. It's absolutely... I think it's super hilarious. It is. It's, <laughs> it is extremely campy fun, The. I think the description of it, where it was Golden Girls meets Murder, She Wrote, was quite apt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, it's it got, yeah, I it was a hoot. There's five seasons of it so far, uh, with the most recent one being released last September in 2016. And there's also holiday specials, which I imagine those have got to be a hoot. Mm-hmm. Now, this first, quote-unquote, season uh, originally showed up uh, in episode format. For free on YouTube, uh, which is where uh, I believe most of the bonus uh, extra stuff comes from. They did, you know, uh, bonus behind the scenes stuff. They did Mm. bonus special episodes like the holiday episodes that you're talking about. They did that all on YouTube. Um, This first uh, season slash movie does, they did this on a shoestring budget. Uh, basically, a bunch of very funny, talented friends got together and, and they made this show. So um, it doesn't look uh, uh, super glossy or anything. But mm. uh, if you can get past that, I think it's super hilarious. Yeah, it really is. And well worth the time. Uh, future seasons were... Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Had higher production values? Uh, yes, because <laughs> because they went through Kickstarter and other crowdfunding platforms in order to raise uh, the money for each uh, upcoming season. So, you can find Where the Bears Are online. Uh, you can rent it to watch at Amazon.com and all the other normal places. I believe actually all five seasons are now available on DVD as well. Yeah, they are. You can get all the details on the show at wherethebearsare.tv. So we had Lisa from the Novel Approach stop by this week as well. Uh, she's got some great book recommendations for things that are coming out soon, plus a series that's been out for a while. 
So we're welcoming back Lisa to the podcast today from The Novel Approach. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Jeff. Great to be here. How's everything going out in your neck of the woods this January? Uh, cold and gloomy Midwestern weather. Pretty much what you expect this yeah. time of year. But uh, yeah, busy, busy. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I feel like I'm constantly running in neutral because I can't catch up. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's good. Be it's soon, a good kind of busy. Everything will be back to normal. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now I know you've been reading, and and you told me you've got a, a book about two guys who run a podcast. I so do actually. It's it's perfect for this I'm show. <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. It's uh, actually it's it's a series of three uh, short novels so far by an author named Peter Stiles. Um, it, the series is called Drop Dead, and it is uh, it's a story about two guys who meet uh, doing a true crime podcast. So they, the, uh, the premise of the story in book one is, uh, is true crime. And uh, I think that's the name of it. Isn't that horrible? I just said before we started taping that I was going to forget the name of a book. And <laughs> I, uh, but uh, anyway, it's the Drop Dead series. And the first the first book is uh, reveals the characters and their a lot of their backstory. And they're really uh, uh, not your typical romantic couple. Uh, they come from completely dysfunctional backgrounds and they are uh, doing only audio podcasts and had agreed after five years doing this podcast together. They no pictures, no, no video. They just wanted to do, you know, the audio. Well, uh, you know, it, as, as it turns out, they were kind of falling in love with each other the, this whole time, but didn't want to risk they're damaging their rapport, and, and so there is uh, an opportunity for them to meet at a horror convention, and uh, they meet for the first time, and then that's when you realize that it's kind of an opposites attract story, but they have, I, I, I think I said in my first, uh, the review of the first book, that they, they just kind of figure out that sometimes your weird fits somebody else's weird doesn't, you know, what appearances don't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they both have uh, these kind of tragic backgrounds in uh, um, their upbringings. And, uh, and it just, it's really, and then it's kind of also sort of a check your privilege kind of thing, because no matter how badly you have it, somebody always has it worse, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but they meet and they fall in love. And the, the problem is geographically they are thousands of miles apart in Michigan and in Texas and so the so the the story arc kind of progresses through their uh their lack of communication uh issues they they don't they don't really it's funny that they they have a podcast and they spend three hours talking with each other on the podcast but then when it comes to their personal lives they're not so great at communicating with each other so the kind of the arc of the story there was the 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 geographic provided for an emotional distancing between them and then uh, three that was that was doubts and then book three is decisions and uh it's them just kind of working on their relationship and uh and in the meantime um there's just all of this family stuff going on in the background that that provides complications for them and uh it's really it's it's tropey. There are a lot of really great little tropes 
throughout, peppered throughout, but the two main characters are so different and so uncommon that it keeps it from being that cliche, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so Styles has, and there's a brother relationship that is just phenomenally funny. He's got a really funny uh, way about him. His writing is, is really fluid and crisp. And his sense of humor is great. His sense of uh, introducing characters and, and uh, making them important to the storyline, even though they might be the most minor characters, just in the way he presents them and, and, and the dialogue is, is just really fresh and crisp. And so, yeah, Peter Stiles' uh, Drop Dead series, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, and I'm hoping, you know, I, I couldn't really tell at the end of Decisions if that was going to be the final book in the series or if he was going to do a little more with these characters, but I sure hope he does. It's a lot of fun. Nice. I, I think I'll have to check that out. I mean, if the podcast element of nothing else and, yeah, and exactly, opposite to track exactly. is always really fun too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We've got, you know, the kind the guy that was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, but has completely disassociated himself with his parents' wealth. So he and his brother live together and they're just really struggling financially. And, and then you have Lex who's, who's, family background is even worse it's horrible and and he's you know like i was telling you the gold tooth and the <laughs> and the undercut and he's just you know he's he's just this kind of punk rock looking kind of guy um so yeah it's it's really a lot of fun it's a fun little series i've enjoyed uh enjoyed getting to to know peter styles work so yeah cool and then there's not a whole lot of him online either which is which is is interesting, you know, uh, subscribe to his newsletter and he, you know, he puts out a newsletter every so often, but, uh, there's really not, not a whole lot out about him. So it's been, it's been, it's a fun mystery trying to figure out, you know, uh, how he started and, but he's got, he's got a lot of work out there and I happened upon him just through an Amazon recommendation. I said, Oh, that looks kind of fun. And I click buy now with one click. And the next thing I knew I was devouring those books like crazy. So, it's yeah, so awesome when you fun. find somebody new like that, and then it just becomes one one click after the next. Well, and I've I've discovered so many, so many authors and so many books that way just through Amazon recommendations. You mm-hmm. you know you've looked at this, you might like this. Well, like, oh, you know, we'll give it a shot and see. And the next thing you know, I'm spending that money. <laughs> <laughs> now you've also got a book that to talk about that actually comes out this week with the new uh, cat Sebastian. It does. It comes out on the 30th today on the, uh, on the broadcast day of this. And uh, cat Sebastian was an author that really, really got a lot of attention toward the end of the year last year uh, with her book, uh, The Soldier's the Soldier Scoundrel. Mm-hmm. It's a historical Regency era romance. Um, and she's got this newest book set in, in that verse, The Lawrence Brown Affair, uh, coming out, like I said today, and I kind of wanted to see if, if she, if, if all the hype was really, you know, if she lived up to it. I mean, there were a lot of people who were just crazy about the soldiers. So I grabbed the Lawrence Brown affair. Um, this particular book is set, like I said, in the same verse, uh, it's Regency era romance. Uh, it's a complete standalone, but the characters from book one do make an appearance in book two by virtue of, uh, 
the one MC from the soldier scoundrel being Georgie's brother. And so, so there is, there is a little bit of overlap, but it's not necessary to read book one first in order to know what's going on in this particular book. Um, it's very much a beauty and the beast kind of story, which is, which was fun set in, set in Regency England. Um, and, uh, it's a long con basically. So, uh, so, so we, the, the one MC Georgie is, he's, he's a grifter. He is, uh, he's, he's definitely on the, uh, not on the right side of, of the law. And, and his long con is that he takes a job as, uh, Lord Radnor, Lawrence secretary, intending to swindle him out of a lot of money. And so it's, 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 uh, Georgie is the is the beauty, and Lawrence is the beast. He's unkempt. His house is in disrepair. It's you know, it's uh, people think that he's uh, practicing witchcraft, of course, which in the early 1800s was you know, every time somebody was a little bit different, they were practicing witchcraft, and yeah. and he's got uh, he's got some issues with anxiety and uh, panic attacks and so he's afraid that he's mentally ill which is you know back then again that was another you know everything that was a little bit different people were people were thought to be insane if you were autistic you had you know a mental health issue and you were mad and madness and whatnot so um yeah so it was really a lot of fun watching these watching the the uh the pattern and this this con that Georgie was running eventually turn into something, uh, uh, you know, his, his, uh, his empathy and his conscience kind of starts to take over and, and, uh, yeah, so it was, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's a good little, uh, it's a caper and it's a romance and it, the, the writing is just, it's kind of one of those books where you really can't, you can't kind of put your finger on it, but there's something about the writing that just, makes the world go away you know you just she's just got such a fluid and beautiful sense of prose and and uh she she's able to really ground you in the the regency era without going overboard on you know the the language or or the description or you know just getting too much into the historical where it slows the plot down it's just really a it was it was a really sweet and beautifully written story and so yeah i have a feeling that this one's going to be another great great one for her and a lot of people are going to be paying attention to she's got the and and she sets it up beautifully at the end of this book for book 3 so later this year, and I think a lot of people are are going to be even more interested in in seeing you know where this particular character um, who is 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 kind of uh, kind of hedonistic is is yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to see how she how she writes this particular romance around around him so so yeah that's it the Lawrence Brown affair out today. Okay, awesome. We will link yeah. to those in the uh, show notes, all the books, and to novel approach reviews for those. And uh, thank you so much for coming back. And uh, I think we'll be seeing you again probably sometime in March. That sounds great. I'll be glad to be here. Want to be among the first to know what's coming up on the Big Gay Fiction Podcast? Join the Big Gay Fiction Podcast monthly newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get our exclusive coloring pages that you can download and color. 
You can even send us your artistic creations and we'll display them in our online gallery. Go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com and sign up on the homepage. So one quick note about uh, Lisa's discussion of the Lawrence Brown Affair uh, from Cat Sebastian. That actually comes out February 7th. So you can, in the show notes, find the link for Amazon so you can pre-order that. So it'll be ready for you that day. I know you've already done that. Mm -hmm. It was a one-click for me, most definitely. Cool. Okay, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Yep. Coming up in episode number 70, Brent Hartinger will be here to talk about his latest, The Otto Digmore Difference, uh, which is another spinoff of the Russell Middlebook Universe series that began with Geography Club. That's right. Which you talked about just the other day. Yes. Or, not the other day, but last, last week. Last week. And, and yeah. we do talk about the movie a little bit in the interview as well, because you know I had to have some fanboy moments about all <laughs> things Brent. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Remember, everyone, keep reading, and we will see you next week. Bye. For detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. 